persevering with American Outdoor News. And today we're here with the guy that can't stop the clock. <laughs> Mr. Bone Collector himself, Michael Idell. Right. It's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, I, I got to say, you are probably one of the trailblazers of our modern outdoor industry. How has it changed since you first came in? You know, first, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. that that's a uh, that's quite a compliment. It's, it's crazy because for me, you know, there's so many people obviously way before me that, that obviously kind of sure. knocked the pack down. And, and it's kind of cool to know that, well, maybe I was able to kind of bush, bush hog a little bit different path. But I, I would say, you know, obviously a lot's changed from the standpoint of uh, where things are at in social media. I, I, you know, I'd say in, in a good way, everybody has a chance to provide their opinion that can be seen also even content you know yeah however the bad of that is just the social part of it sometimes hunters can beat up on each other pretty good so so it, 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 a lot of it has changed but you know in any situation you got to figure out how to embrace growth and figure out well who is the next trailblazer what is it yeah. going to be but um but i'd say the nuts and bolts of what hunting stands for even if it tries to start changing, usually it's it's collectively the culture brings it back down to earth, and it's, yeah. it's about family, friends. Certainly, we have better fisheries. Certainly, we have better herds and bigger animals. But at the end of the day, um, it, re- it really is just something that's, that's culturally rich and, and heritage, and, uh, and and we're just so blessed to be able to do it. And I and I've always said too, you know, Chris, that I, a lot of people look at hunting as a, as a privilege and. I really never looked at it necessarily as just a privilege. It is, but I always looked at it as a God-given right. I mean, you know, it's kind of like self-defense, sure. the ability to hunt and yep. gather and feed yourself. Exactly. And so even though it is entertainment and hunting and it's fun, um, at the end of the day, it really was a God-given right that he provided these resources for us to take care of and for them to take care of us. So. Sure. Now, you started out in turkey blowing competitions. Correct. How old were you? Dude, young. I was I was basically in high school, and um, and, and all my heroes were turkey callers. It's crazy. Wow. That was my heroes. Even even if you're naked wood, you know, Chris, um, Paul Butts, Dick Kirby. Sure, sure. Those guys at uh, there in Orchard Park, man. I'm sure they were big Buffalo Bills fans, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a giant fan. Yeah, giant fan. <laughs> hey, Giants doing good this year, man. Yeah. We got we got two New York teams in the playoffs, but um, anyway, at the end of the day, um. I was always intrigued by, you know, I love music in, in, in a weird way to me, turkey calling and the imitation that was kind of like playing the guitar. So yep. I just loved it. And so I just fell in love with turkey hunting first. And then I started wanting to get better at turkey call. So I was always kind of a student of the Paul Butsky, the Dick Kirby, the Eddie Salters. And so I started competing in turkey calling contests right there when I was in high school. And just out of high school is when I started having some success, you know, calling yeah. the Georgia State Championships. Uh, the world championships and the grand national championships, even the U.S. Open. And so yeah. it, it was cool looking back. It was just, uh, it was really a cool stepping stone because I got a chance to meet a lot of cool people in the industry. Not only just my heroes, people I looked up to, but that's, that's who introduced me to Bill Jordan and got me my first yeah. kind of gigs or jobs where I got to go guide and you know, do some good things in the industry. So you, uh, moving forward, you, you know, were interested in getting into the outdoor industry and what do you tell your family? I'm going to go get a job in the outdoor industry, but you can't be living 
Rolling turkeys? <laughs> right. I, 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 I ran into some pretty stiff resistance. I mean, I always laughed. Like, man, I, when I first started talking about this stuff, I mean, you would have, you would have thought I went and got on drugs, Chris. I mean, literally, like, oh, my God. It's you know, it's almost like a, you know, be like a, you, you and I now said, hey, man, we're going to start a rock band. We're moving to L.A. People are like, wait a minute. What if? Yeah, you got so it was the same type of like, well, follow your dreams, but how are you going to make a living? I mean, you know, you yep. know so... I think that's what it was. Like, I mean, my aunts, my uncles, uh, and I even even my grandmother at the time. I went to heat and air school, and I had a, a degree in heat and air technology. And uh, so basically, HVAC, you know, um, service and installation. And so, in my blue collar family, this was like, oh my God, you know, Michael's made it. He, he's got a trade. He's he's, yep. he's now working in heat and air. Yes, I had my own van. I had my own van, my service van. I was working for this company called Barry's Receiving Cooling in Zeppelin, Georgia. And so everything was going good. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm winning these turkey con contests. And the opportunity comes up. Realtree was needing some help doing some things. And I'm thinking, well, oh, I might try that. And I really thought it was going to be a temporary thing. I, it was almost like, uh, in my mind, I was always going to come back to the heat and air or or this blue-collar trade, which I have so much respect for, yeah. because that's what I grew up, hard-working with you know, people. Most families, that's what they Absolutely, and, and I'd be blessed to do it. Still will be blessed. And and, uh, and so I, I was a little almost uh, not insecure about it, but I, I almost felt like, oh, man, I'm kind of walking away from something that's going to be, um, that I need. And sure. what I wanted to do with some guidance, I thought it would be almost like a trip, almost like it's like, man, if you ever had to say quit your job because you're going to go for three months and go do some kind of fun, yep. you know, you know, whatever it was, that's kind of way I looked at it because I thought sooner or later I was going to come come back to reality. Come back to reality. Okay, I'll get back into this. And so I just talked to my dad. You know, at the time I was very young. You know, like literally I wasn't even 21. And um, and I remember telling my dad about it. He said, "Well, hey, man, you're only young once, and you ain't got a family. You don't have a a, a lot of responsibilities outside of providing for yourself." My dad was really good to me, but he was hard on me in a good way with some tough love. Like he's like, you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna live here. You know, you're gonna have to find your place. I mean it's time for you to get out of the house. Yep. Yeah, you know, I'll pay bills around here and you know you gotta get out it's time for you to be your own man, whether you're gonna do some hunting and guiding or you're gonna work with deep in there. So I knew it was inevitable that I was gonna get, you know, weaned off the off the care and nurture of, yep. of what, what parents provided. And so uh, so anyway that 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 Situation when I started talking about this, my family thought I'd be going crazy. Like, you yep. know, can't have fun, you can't hunt the rest of your life, and then you're gonna have a passion for it. I'd already about plucked out of high school turkey up too much and missing class. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it was weird. And, and, and anyway, and one thing led to another. And really, from that time that I went to go take that quick little fun guide and run a camera, well, it never stopped. Yep. You know, just door and door just kept opening. And opening. How did you originally connect with Realtree? Yeah, so the way I kind of met up with Realtree is where it really hit was is uh, tur- I was turkey calling. And um, and I had some guys that was on the Realtree Pro staff, guys like Joe Drake, um, a buddy of mine, Ricky Joe Bishop at the time, he had won a grand national championship in turkey calling. They were already connected in with Realtree, and they was telling Bill and David Blanton, about this man, there's this young guy, he's tall, he's pretty good. And then I met a guy um, up in Pennsylvania named Dale Ron, who just was amazing. Ron Brothers, and um, they made turkey calls, and so I started using their calls to 
compete with. Okay. Target's pretty good representing them. And so Dale always had good kind words to me back to the realtor camp. So one day I go to this contest in Perry, Georgia called the Grand America, and there was first prize was a thousand dollars cash. I'm like, wow. wow. So <laughs> ends up Realtor was the title sponsor of this particular contest. Well, lo and behold, all the good callers from around the country came and I got lucky and won won the contest. And so that's where I really met Bill Jordan and 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 Dave and Dave went there, but Bill was like, Man, we need to I want to do something with I want to put you on our our advisory staff, they call it like a hunt staff, mm-hmm. pro staff. Yeah, and they sent me a box of clothes, and one thing led to another, and just you know, through talking, and then David Blanton, I met him, and he called me one day and said, "Hey man, you know, I need you to come help guide." And that's that's where you know I started realizing, like, man, I'm, that, that's kind of how I met real trees. That first so, contest. So you started doing camera work, and then uh, uh, and road trucks. That's correct. Yeah, well, it, and, and the camera work come by accident too because I, I came to to guy they called me, you know, because I just won some turkey color contest and I was wearing real trees. So Dave was like, "Hey man, could you help guide some outdoor riders at the time?" So there was a lady named Warley Doby who you might know. She was a writer and I'd read a lot of her work, and um, so I was already a fan of her work. And they put me with her to take her hunting, so I did. So in the process of hunting with Warley Doby. I remember coming in and you know back at camp was a turkey hunt and uh, we would eat lunch and I remember telling David I, um, he kind of on the side I, I was also helping a buddy of mine who owned an archery pro shop okay. so he and I would video a little bit and so I told David I said man we video a little bit and I showed him some of our videos of turkey hunts and deer hunts he's like dude did you, did you video that and I said some of it I videoed others from my buddy and he said you run a camera good enough and once you start running a camera for us it's when you take people hunting to guide try to video it Sure. So I started doing that. Well, next thing you know, as I was guiding, I was videoing. And then we get ready the next year to go somewhere. And David says, hey, man, I want to hire you as a freelance camera guy to just come up with Bill. Wow. Oh, my God. And so that's really how the camera work started. So I started as a cameraman slash guide slash you want me to wash your car. I was with the warehouse. <laughs> I mean, there was no prima donna. I just couldn't believe I was getting hanged. Yeah, these people that I had watched on TV and on videos, you know, yep. so I was getting a chance to be part of that team. That was pretty cool. Now, if uh, you were a contestant on Jeopardy, mm-hmm. what topic would you best be uh, excelling? I would say, uh, for sure, music. I'd say music. Really? Music, yeah, probably history. And more more on just name that tune type of stuff. Man, I love music. I love Classic rock, 80s hair. I mean, literally from 70s, 80s, all the way up, man. I mean, take me as a country music guy. Dude, I love country music, but dude, I love everything. Like, man, I went as yeah. far back to Run DMC, Beastie Boys, obviously Marl wow. Haggard, Leonard Skinner, 38 <laughs> Special. I mean, ZZ Top, we're going to see tonight. I, I mean, just saw him a month ago. It, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, I love I loved music. So, uh, any, any music trivia, I thought I did pretty good. And, and, and I really, uh, also, the only other subject I really enjoyed in school outside of, say, football, if that was a subject, or PE, was, was history. I loved history, you know. Wow. So, you know, obviously I live in the South, so a lot of the Civil War, uh, the, 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 the Indian the Indian stuff, and, and the founding of America, a lot of I love that. And, and obviously I just think history is really cool because it's a, I mean, it kind of tells us what can happen yep. because it has happened. And I've often wondered, I've often wondered why sometimes our politicians don't pay more attention to history, but it also helps understand why some of the politicians want to erase history yep. because there's a track record of certain things failing. You know? yep. So anyway, yeah, I like history and music. <clears throat> right, so if you could hunt in 
any period in history, which one would it be? I would say, honestly, probably right now. And, and the reason I say that, um, and that might be surprising, but this also goes to history and what us as hunters has done. Our game and fish, our fisheries and our herds and our flocks have never been as good. So yep. was there good periods in certain species? Yes. However, but if you look at the amount of money, you know, the Pittman Act, all this stuff that's happened in hunters dollars from nonprofit to the way we manage our herds, the way the private landowners really take above and beyond this, this responsibility to take care of these animals that live on their property. Even though maybe the state and government look at them as theirs, mm -hmm. I think these landowners look at this this wildlife as something that's, even though they hunt them and put them on the table from time to time, um, I mean, they certainly manage and take care of their trap. They, they do their best to make sure there's a good balance. And so the result of that, I don't think we've ever had as good of hunting nationwide as we do right now from from the abundance and to the quality i mean we're breaking records every year sure you know even if you're not a trophy hunter and that's fine and even somebody that's against trophy hunting well that's fine too that's fine. but at the same time you can't deny that the trophy hunting and all of it coming together isn't helpful and good for the herd because if that were the case we wouldn't have we wouldn't be shooting bigger animals yeah. heavier weights more of things uh, bigger scores so that means that the actors are getting bigger so uh, mm -hmm. so yeah i mean just to hunt i think right now anybody wants to get in hunting is some of the best best hunting that's out there i agree now how do you think your life would be different if you never picked up a turkey ball? you know I, I would like to think that that i would have figured out a way to to get through and, and try to maintain some happiness and joy but drastically different i i, I feel like it would just been a lot of joy <laughs> Took away because, matter of fact, I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day, and we were sitting around talking around a campfire, and a question come up. It's like, even though we have a tremendous amount of ladies or something, it's a grown man. I'm like, he asked me, he said, well, if you don't hunt, what do you do? <laughs> and it's funny, and I'm sure many people can quickly say, oh, golf, or we can go... We can go see, uh, you know, ZZ Top and concert. We can yeah. go. Well, I do all that too, but there would be such a void yep. if I hadn't picked up that turkey call. It would have the grassroots of what I know about life, and, and really, I don't know, but the good Lord's resources, the opportunities wouldn't be the opportunities. Who we met. I mean, you and I both just had lunch with Joe Montana. Yep. You know, I mean, think about it. That's really cool. You know, it is cool. Inevitably, a redneck in New York, a redneck in Georgia. We're just talking and meeting each other and hanging out and eating fine steaks and just yep. living life. And you got all of us here in Las Vegas. And, uh, so, anyway, drastically, uh, there would have been a lot of things that I wouldn't experience. You know, could have something else come in that, that I could have chased after and tried to put everything I had in it that could have equally filled avoid in another way that could be positive possibly but uh yeah i wouldn't trade it i don't even like to think about not not yeah. up that first turkey call and having that passion for it all right well what is your favorite unimportant thing that you do probably favorite unimportant thing i do um again it can kind of 
probably one of the things I like to do a lot, and I really enjoy it with my kids, especially my two boys, Meyer and Mason. But all my kids love music, but I love to play guitar. So I love I love smoking a good cigar and sit around and jam with my boys. One's 18, one's 22, and uh, that's oh man, so that it's it's uh, it, it's been really cool because you know you get a little older. And then, like, I'm getting out there playing tackle man on the football. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I also, I, I love, I, I'm really busy. Um, I, I like to be active. You know, those say says, if you got your health, you got everything. And I believe in that. And so long as I got my health, man, I like to be busy. I like to work. And, man, we got little pit bikes. We race motorcycles. Just right. have a blast, man. My wife talked to me a man-child, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm we don't have a good time. That's right. That's right. So, getting back to career. Yeah. How did you come up with the phone That That's crazy, man. That, that's a cool story. and Don't get asked a lot. Um, basically, what happened was is when in 2007, um, I started working with Gander Mountain, and mm-hmm. uh, they hired me to host their TV show. So by me doing that, I had to leave full-time employment at Realtree. So at the same, same time, Bill Jordan basically made me a subcontractor and continued hosting the show Realtree Road, Road Trips, as you mentioned earlier. And so... This is where I really first saw some opportunity to say make money, you know, like like wow, that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm getting to host two shows, and and immediately the short term, it I felt like man, I got some money in my pocket, but I'd always heard invest, I've always heard you know man, you should do this, or put it, you know, whether it's the stock market, buy real estate. And granted, I wasn't rich, but that was more money I'd ever experienced in in, my, in one year span for sure. Sure, and I remember quickly thinking. Well, where should I make an investment? I don't need all this money. I've been living on literally forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and and I was doing fine. I was happy, and um, and so my thought process was, well, why don't I invest something else into the future? And, and I bet invest in myself, and so I come up with the concept of me, Nick, Mike, and Team on Turn, um, basically, you know, doing a show very similar to road trips. And so I didn't have a name for it, and so where the name for that come up was. Simultaneously, what even spawned the reason I wanted to invest in something was a lot of companies that I hadn't had a chance to work endorsements with, they was giving me opportunity with these signature series license type opportunities, which if you look at Realtree, that's been their model. You know, it's a licensing company. They license out their name. They license out their camera factors. And so I understood that model, and I knew it could be lucrative and it could lead to some you know, long-term mailbox money and, yep. and success, but most everybody was wanting to call it a Michael Waddell series, you know, and so... The first big opportunity I had was Thompson Center. And uh, at the time, Greg Rich was uh, on the company in front of the marketing. And he said, man, I want to do a Michael Waddle with this muzzle over there. And so I was excited. I was flattered. Yeah. But for some reason, I didn't like the idea of a Michael Waddle bone collector. You know, a bone, I mean, Michael Waddle signature edition. I was like, man, that's a little shallow. I don't know my name. I don't know. And so we go up to the range and say, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. I just want to do something. And uh, so we're shooting these guns. We had all these different models and configurations. We're shooting, shooting. And so what turned out to be a bone collector gun, I shot this gun. And I, and I looked at Greg and said, man, I don't know what we're going to call it, but this is naturally going to be a bone collector. You know? And when I said it, I, that's the that's it. gun. It's the bone collector. This is the bone collector gun. And uh, so from there, I flew home. And um, on the way home, I got to thinking. I was like, this is also the title of the show. Yeah. And so... Uh, Anyway, the rest was kind of history, and I remember I had a graphic artist over in Alabama, and I said, hey, man, I'm just thinking of this idea, and I kind of told him the concept, but literally I had wrote on a napkin 
on playing on the right home. And, uh, and he came up with the logo. Like, we never really made any alterations to the logo. That The phone click logo is the original, wow. original logo that he came up with. Now, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, this was a while back. Mm -hmm. I went to Wilton once. I was doing the red carpet. And I called you up and I gave you a pick. Yeah. And you're like, what is it? I says, Long Island Duckling Boats. What the hell is Long Island Duckling Boats? It's just the boat collector. I'm sure you don't have them. <laughs> I do remember that. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Now, um, lastly, how would you like to be remembered in the outdoor industry? You know what? That's a good question. Um, it's hard to say. I, I think in the end of the day, um, somebody that maybe spoke up when needed to speak up uh, and, and fight for really the culture of all of us who like to hunt. Um, and I know that might sound kind of weird to say fight for the hunters, but when they say, well, nobody's fighting. And I think a lot of that fight is trying to talk to the choir, essentially, and trying to keep us together as a group of hunters because everybody likes different things. You know, yep. the things I love the most, like people are very surprised when I say, what's your favorite thing hunting? I say, it's turkeys. I'm like, man, he's hunted elk and sheep and all this stuff and turkeys still your favorite? Like, it is. That might be surprising, but, you know, That's what I like is different than you. You know, people say, well, what's your favorite thing to hunt with? It's like, okay, well, it's a bow and arrow, but still every once in a while I get three or eight and go hunt a deer. Sure. And so, inevitably, there's so many tips and tactics and things, and so I, I think if if I could be anything, I, I hope I could be somewhat of, of a voice for all hunters to say, man, hey, it, it is ours. The good Lord gave it to us. We all do it different ways, and, and we all have opinions which certainly deserve to be heard, and, and, and our opinions should be deserved to be somewhat sold, that you can change, you know, maybe a, a road or a path, but at the end of the day, we are one of the same other than some of us like a white house, some of us have a lot of cabins, some of us you know, might want to paint a house blue with, sure. with red shutters, who knows, you can do what you want to and that's the decision and hunting's the same way, it's here and, uh, and I think at the end of the day I'd like to just be known as somebody who didn't take himself too seriously, that just loved hunting and loved people and wanted to see people succeed, that, that's, that's, really, that's really it, that's really it, I, I, you know um, hopefully somebody who helped improve a space that I was always a big fan of. That's yep. really it. Awesome. Thank you, certainly. Have. Thank you. Man. That means a lot. Buddy. I appreciate your time. Thank you, man. Appreciate it so much. Thanks Good to see you again.